when Demarius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town, for the census. And a descendant of David, he had to go there. He lived with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the house. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep, and suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said, Don't be afraid. I am here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everyone worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you are to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in at once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth to please him. And as the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. And they left, running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Soon was believing, and they told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. And all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose glorified and praising God for everything we have heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to all those in his favor rest. That's what the angels flew from heaven. Kelly, Kelly has this way of always reminding me on these days that I'm not happy enough. I, I, I do love Christmas Eve. It's perhaps one of my favorite nights, church services of the year, for its stillness, its quietness, the way that the um, songs speak to us. I mean, the, the, what they proclaim in all those songs. You could sit with the words from each of the ones we sang tonight for for a day um, to ponder the depths and meaning. But but I'm thinking as as Chris read that perhaps there are people like the shepherds that are. I love Eugene Peterson said the sheep herders, which captures that shepherds were not dignified people in the time. So for us, those sheep wrestlers, those sheep people, um, might might bring together that they are more outsiders. But, but perhaps there are people like Kelly, like the shepherds, who go around after receiving this news and joyfully share it and, and tell everyone they can. And then there are people like me, who are like Mary, who ponder these things in their heart, a little more reserved in the way that we approach it. Um, perhaps you, you're, you're one of those, too, is that you want to go in forth and tell everyone this great news. And there are some of us who are like, that's deep. 
should think about that. <laughs> Take it in. Um, but as, as Kelly, there is no right answer to it. You can be a Mary or can, you can be a shepherd. There is no, I should be more excited. Um, <laughs> but I love this holy night where we talk about these truths from old and this news of what God has done among us. us. C.S. Lewis um, describes what we see in, in Christmas Eve and in, in this sort of invasion into the world, that, that what has happened in this world of disorder, that the true uh, king has arrived, and that king is going to reveal the ways in which things are set back to right. Now we heard a couple readings today, but that one from Isaiah, that the people were in a great darkness. Most Christmas Eves, it's for me to say, ponder that you're in a great darkness. But I think this year has been a little different for all of us. We've become acquainted with darkness in a way, um, with, the, with COVID and everything that, that raises, we know that the world is not as it should be. It's often that it seems on Christmas we need to remember that the world isn't as it should be. There's presents, good meals, and family visiting. And yet this year, we see in the dysfunction that is around us that the world is not as it should be. So the news that Isaiah then goes to is that there was a great light, perhaps can shine even brighter for us this year. We've heard it said, and I've said it many times, when is it going to go back to normal? But as a Christian, we know that as Christians, we know that normal doesn't encompass everything that is good. Normal still has sin and darkness and dysfunction. Normal still needs a great light. So when we say, when I say, when is everything going to go back to normal, I mostly mean my life was not in darkness. And yet what Isaiah proclaims for us is that we exist in this tension of darkness even today. And what Christmas Eve tells us is that a great light is dawning in the world. A great light that we see in Jesus Christ. A great light that, that causes, in the words of, of the psalmist for this, for creation to resound with this glory. To praise him. And so Chris read for us today the, the Luke reading. And I love that reading. Um, it's so familiar to us. Uh, there's a phrase I use often that it's not familiarity that breeds contempt, it's, it's familiarity that breeds unfamiliarity, and unfamiliarity breeds contempt. But the longer I sit with that story every year, which is kind of the one we use every year, it brings to me familiarity that takes out the contempt I had for the quaint ways of remembering that passage. Caesar Augustus orders a census of everywhere. There's another, uh, Quinarius is this other counselor, and what happens is a um, knocked up teenager and her husband, uh, who spend the night in a manger, and, and what did the message say again, Chris? Sheep, sheep herders receive the glorious news of what has happened, the, the beginning of the repair of creation, this one who is coming amongst us to make this bright light shine. Luke is, is telling the story in such a beautiful way because you would think you got Caesar Augustus, you got this uh, Quirinius, you've got all these powerful people, and what happens is in a backwoods town, 
remembered by, by Israel, but nobody else in, in, in the empire, is the, um, the king of the world, the, the incarnate of God is born. It's almost like over here, all the action is happening. And yet in the background is where it really is. You know, as we look to Washington, D.C., and changes in politics and this, that, and the other, we think that's where it's happening. And what God is doing in Jesus is opening up a place in the midst of a, of a place where there is no room in the inn for them. And so God visits shepherds, sheep herders, and brings them this news so that there, there are people outside the, um, the, the, the birthing room to sort of celebrate this. And they go and they see things as they are meant to be, and they go and tell everyone about it. But what I think I reflect on most this Christmas with the darkness and the light that is coming into the world is that um, Christmas brings to us the news that this is what has happened. Behold, and this is Dietrich Bonhoeffer who accompanied us often here at church. <laughs> Behold, I bring you horror and darkness, and in the shadow of death, tidings of great joy. For you, for you today is born the Savior, Jesus the Lord. In the feast of Christmas, he says, we are directed in a new way to the very thing that stands at the center of the Bible, to the simple reality of the gracious and merciful action which comes from God into the lost world. We're no longer concerned with the quaint and happy pictures and fancies. Rather, from the reality which is so plain and from our distress, we thirst for the reality of the great divine help. Our question is whether God really sent us the one who he has the right authority for complete, all-embracing final redemption. Has he? Has he? The message of Christmas is yes. And so it is for us to, to ponder that, take it into our heart. I think um, as we can be like shepherds and tell others about this, but also we can be like Mary too. In the next 12 days, which are the 12 days of Christmas, not the preceding 12, perhaps take time to take the news into your heart of what God has done in Jesus Christ. To ponder it up, to ponder it anew, perhaps to take one of the, your favorite Christmas hymns because to review the lyrics over the course of the day and have it speak to you that the mighty work that God has done. From the words of Titus that, that Brian read for us, that we are awaiting this great and final hope and redemption of all things. And so may we in this season not deny the darkness around us, but grow in longing and thirsting for that day. Let us pray. God, you have come to us in Jesus Christ. You have taken up flesh in the world. You have made your dwelling within us. We stammer at speaking of the joy of that day. We see the great hope in which you bring towards us. So God, we ask that we may cherish this in our heart. That we see a great light dawning into the world. May in the way which you may it give us hope. Hope for the day 
will not things come back to normal? That all things are renewed and reconciled to life with you. Yes, all this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.